preached today, I need to tell you a couple of stories. Would it be okay to have a story or two? Okay, first story is um, a, a football story. How many of you like the NFL? Okay. Yeah. Well, this football story is like this. There's, there was a guy, like in university, if you win the Heisman Trophy, you're the number one guy. And he won it in 2018 or something like that. And because he was the number one guy, you go to the worst team in the NFL. I know it doesn't seem fair, but the worst team gets first pick. So he went to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns had lost, I think they won four games in two years. So, I mean, if you know, that sucks. And um, so he went there, and uh, the first year they won eight games. You know, fabulous. But because they could not protect him, he got pounded around. He was playing with all braced up and everything for the next two years. And then they started to boo him and fired him, right? So then he goes to the Carolina Panthers, and when he's out there, he, always, he was looking nervous and jumpy. And, and so they let him go. They let him go on Tuesday of last week, and Sean McVay, the coach of the L.A. Rams, saw him and said, I've admired that guy since he was a Heisman Trophy winner. I'm bringing him over to our team right now. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Anyway, so he brought him over there. And if you don't know, if you know anything about football, it's more complicated than chess. It really is because in chess, you know what the pieces are going to do. <laughs> you know, you know, but you know exactly what moves they're going to make. So anyway, he called this guy over, and they have a playbook. You have to. It takes weeks to memorize it and to get familiar with the team. He brought them in on Tuesday and put them in the game. Put them in the game on Thursday. Well, it didn't go well at first. They were behind 16 to 3. But here's what I want you to get. In the fourth quarter with five minutes left, they came back and won the game with one minute left. But, but, but if you watched him, he was holding on to his helmet all the time because the coach was, wasn't just calling in place. He was telling them what to do each time, each time. And, he had, and that's why if you ever watch football, you see them holding on to the helmet. It's so that they can hear what the coach is saying from the sidelines. I said it's so that they can hear the coach, what the coach is saying. And so they didn't know how to play the game. We get this idea we need to hold, know the whole playbook. No, you just need to listen to the Holy Ghost. You're never going to get the whole game together. You're not ever going to get the whole book memorized. What you need to do, what I need to do, is learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. He's talking to us all the time. But if you don't, if you don't, you don't put your hand up, push that helmet to your ear, you won't hear him. Now the second story is kind of funny because it just happened as well. They um how many of you know how they make motion pictures with you know Oda cartoons? They you have to draw one and then you, you make a little movement and draw another one, and then you have to flip them to get the thing. So when you flip them all, it turns into a motion picture, right? So you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Like Disney had to start that years and years ago. That's how it started. They would have cartoonists draw up a whole bunch of cartoons and then get it moving. So anyway, this year, they were making a movie 
a, 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 a they they spent eight years and three hundred thousand no three hundred million dollars making this eight years and three hundred million dollars making this movie and um, for some reason or another they didn't have backed up. And so because artists are working from all over the country, this one guy, he made a mistake, and so he thought he'd delete it. Well, when he hit delete, he hit it three times, and everybody across the country was watching. It was just flying off their screens, and there was nothing they could do about it. Serious stuff. No, but you need to know, because that's what God does for you. But what happened the next day was... This pregnant woman, hallelujah, was off on maternity leave. And so they called this big board meeting wondering who's going to get fired first. $300 million in eight years down the drain, right? So anyway, they, they had the board meeting the next morning. She came in. And um, they, they didn't know what they were going to do. I mean, obviously you can't do all the work over again. The pregnant woman said, you know, I was working at home, and I decided that I should set this up on my own computer and put my on my own hard drive. And she had the whole thing for the, yeah. But when, when you think about that, th the devil would like to play that back for you, but God erases your hard drive. Yeah. Numbers 23, 19, you know, Paul would call it a bedrock truth, Nancy would call it a living stone, you can call it what you want, but it's it's a basic a fundamental truth that you and I need to know. That fundamental truth in number 2319 says, I'm not a man that I would lie, or the son of a man that I would repent. Have I not spoken a blessing over you, and I will not reverse it? So if God spoke a blessing over you, and he won't re reverse it, then there shouldn't be a problem, right? Right? Yeah. But there's something that you and I need to be established in. If you read, um, if you read uh, Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three, how about we start there? <laughs> Foundational truth that you need to know. Totally need to know this. What's it say? Seek. Yeah, but that's a total. That, that's that's my total focus. It's not this and that. It's I. my whole life is based on putting you first, God. You, and your righteousness. Your righteousness. And then all of these things, I, I think I put another translation in here on my phone. Let's take a look here. So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then... After you seek his, notice it's not your righteousness, his righteousness, <laughs> his righteousness, then all of these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge as it comes your way. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things, all the, all the little things will be provided for you. So what's he telling you? Your primary job is his righteousness. And that is, what, that is what you call a fundamental truth. It's his righteousness. 
Romans 1, 16, 17, Romans 1, 17 says, it's, no, Romans 1, 16 says, the gospel, the good news from the battlefield. The good news is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then it says, because what makes this gospel good news is because in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So if that's the most important thing to God, revealing your righteousness in him, that maybe you and I ought to concentrate on. And you see, well, let's go to... Um, Let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. And he's talking there about, um, he's talking in, in those verses about forgiving people. Forgiving people. And, well, let me see. I, I'm, I'm sure I have this on my phone too. Yeah, I only got a couple things on here, but this will work. Yeah, Paul said in verse 10, if you forgive any, anyone anything, I also forgive them. For indeed, what I have forgiven, I did for you in the presence of Christ, so that you might not be exploited by Satan and don't be ignorant of his, of his schemes or his devices. I forgive everyone far back as I can remember, right? Far back as you can remember. Why? Because... because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and the devil wants you looking back. That's his scheme to keep you looking back instead of looking ahead. I have found that when I make a mistake and everything blows up, I clean up the mess and move on. I don't run around, call people, tell them about it or anything, and see if I can get some sympathy. No, I blew it, but I'm not telling you about it. I'm going to clean it up, Amen. clean it up, and go on. Besides that, if I, what I found over these years, and some of these things I'm just learning, relearning, is whenever you talk about something, you give life to it. So if you want things to die, shut up. We're not ignorant of his devices, his devices to trying to get me looking back. No, no, I don't need to be looking back. I need to look onto, onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen? Amen. So with that in mind, I'm going to go to Hosea. No, I want to go to Isaiah 54. Praise and worship was, oh, glory to God, man. Nothing you can even say, it's over the top. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Why is it so quiet in here during praise and worship, though? I yell out, praise the Lord, and it echoes in the place. I'm thinking, are they all dead or what? Pray for resurrection life. Verse 14 of chapter 54 says this. When you decide to be established in righteousness, when you decide to be established in righteousness, you will be far from oppression, far from fear, and far from terror. It won't come near you. They'll gather together against you, but whoever shall gather together against you fall, shall fall for your sake. Mm -hmm. Come on. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about you being far from oppression. Oppression, I won't give you the Hebrew words, I don't want to bore you with them, but it means to spoil, to steal, to take away, 
goods and property. Goods and property. And you think about it. Like I was talking to Pastor Paul about this the other day. Think about it. God said to Abraham, look up at the stars. If you, if, you, if you want to get a revelation of God, look up at the stars. There are 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's one galaxy and billions and billions of people. So what he was telling Abraham when he looked up is, you're limitless, man. You're thinking so small. You believe in God to get the rent paid at the end of the month. He's saying, look at the stars. Look at the stars. If I put all those in place, you know, what can I do for you if you only if you only get to believe in me? I'm not, oh God, if I could just get a little bit. No, it's, it's, God is extravagant. He's so far beyond our pea brain. I don't mean to tell you pea brain, but we think, I don't care what you believe in God for, you're thinking way, way too small. Whatever you're believing God for right now, it's way too small. And if what you're believing God for doesn't scare you, you're not even walking in faith. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Gary. <laughs> so it's goods and property taken without permission. But he can't take it unless he has fear for a foundation. We watched this in the, during the pandemic. And there's people still not going to church. People that, that are still not going out. We, we have a friend whose wife won't even go to Costco yet. All this time later. Because of fear. So, so she's not living anymore. She's existing. She'd have been better off dying of COVID than dying at home. Not that I'm speaking death over her, but I'm saying, come on. Crazy. So oppression. To, to, to lose your goods and your property without permission, but it can't do it without fear. You'll be, you'll be far from oppression and not fear. Fear is faith in death. The, the opposite of faith in God. Like, like you and I, we shouldn't be afraid of dying. You know, you just crawl out your mouth and go to be, go to be with the Lord, that's all. No, but it's true, your spirit. I mean, just see ya. Especially if it's sick and decaying. I'll see you later. <laughs> but I can't go until I'm 92 because I have work to do. But, but nonetheless. Amen. <laughs> so I'm far from oppression and fear and terror. Terror is a planned, listen, it's a planned, organized use of fear. as a weapon against you. Terror is to terrify your victims, paralyze them and make them helpless to resist oppression. Terrorists. Terrorists can't operate without fear. <laughs> what are they going to do to you? Um, yeah, so, okay. Terror has to have fear and oppression in place, or else it is devoid of power. If fear is not there, there's no terror. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God is on my side and will not fear what a man can do unto me. Nothing. Okay, let's go to Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans because, like, again, we're talking about righteousness. And remember what he said in Ephesians, Ephesians six fourteen. 
you have on a breastplate of righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Somebody just quoted that earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.21. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God. Not you're going to be, and you're not ever going to be any more righteous than you are right this moment. It's not, a ba- it's not based on actions. It's based on receiving the gift of righteousness. Romans 5.17 says, it is a gift. How do you receive a gift? It's the same way I'm going to have this drink of water, make you all thirsty. How come he gets water up there? That's not fair. Okay. <laughs> Romans chapter um, 2. Well, let's read Romans 1, 16 and 17. We quoted it anyways. 1, 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's good news. That's a radical revelation. That's, a re- that's a, the reality of God's way of making you righteous. It's how God did it. How God made you righteous. Good news from the battlefield. The good news from the battlefield is (laughs) the death, burial, and the resurrection that Jesus made you right with him. It's like believing God for healing. Well, again, you don't feel healed all the time. You don't feel saved all the time. Aren't you glad that just because you don't feel it, that things haven't changed? Just because you're dealing with something in your body doesn't mean that by his stripes you were healed. Healing is yours. How long do I have to take? fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life? Amen. Just keep going, man. Keep going. The devil can't kill anybody. He said in Matthew chapter 12, I think verse 37, only by your words will you be justified and only by wor- your words you'll be condemned. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit that it bears whether it's good or evil. So make sure you got good fruit coming out of your mouth. Don't curse yourself. Stop cursing yourself and the people around you. And forgive everybody as far back as you can think. Forgive everybody. And you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel forgiveness any more than you feel saved, any more than you feel healed. It's an act of faith. You, anybody that comes up, you let them go. You let them go. You let them go until finally... They don't even bother you anymore so that you can be free, so that you can be free to serve the Lord with a pure heart and a pure mind. Hallelujah. You've got nothing against anyone. And again, it's Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they that love your word. Nothing shall offend them. Not one thing. So if you're feeling offended today, you're not in love with the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Don't get offended with the word. And, and just think about when, you know, he created you in his image and in his likeness. And when you talk ugly about yourself, you're saying, God, you didn't do it well. You didn't do it right. God, you messed up. No, he didn't mess up. He said, I'm not a man that I would lie, the son of a man that I would repent. I speak a blessing on you and I will not ever reverse it. You can put that in the bank, man. Yep. So then, of course, verse 17, herein, in this word, is the revelation of your righteousness. A revelation, a revelation of righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things that you've been bothered with 
these lower things will be added unto you because he's your primary objective. And again, put your head to your helmet and listen to what he's saying. You don't have to know the whole playbook. You don't have to have wisdom and revelation of everything. All you need to do is listen to the coach. Listen to the coach, the Holy Ghost, because he's talking to you all the time. He said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger don't follow. I can't hear you, God. I can't hear you. Well, put your hand to your helmet. He's speaking all the time. Amen. And glory to God. So righteousness by revelation. Mm. Yeah, but your faith can't be any stronger than a revelation of your righteousness. You're going to believe God, and then then you're thinking about everything that's wrong with you. Let me help you with that. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Shut up with that stuff. (laughs) Smile when you say that, Pastor. Okay. (laughs) Nothing wrong. No, but you need to say that to yourself. There's nothing wrong with me. Come on, Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 7 2. Receive us, we've wronged no man. Are you kidding me? I just read about what he did. He was there when Stephen got stoned to death. And yet he understood forgiveness to the point where he said, I, I, I found out that God forgot about it, and so I deleted it from my hard drive as well. He deleted it from his hard drive. Psalm 103 says, as far as the east from, is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. What's that? Delete. And it's not stored anywhere on the hard drive. You can't hire some techie to dig it up again. It's gone. Gone, unless you dig it up. That's why he said, I blessed you, and I'll never curse you. So the only one that can curse you is you. So it's a good time to stop all that, right? How about... um, How about Romans chapter 3? Verse 20 says this in Romans 3. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there's no flesh justified in his sight. But by the law, because the law brought you the knowledge of sin. But aren't you glad in Galatians 3.13 he said, I redeemed you from the curse of the law. I took the curse upon me that the blessing of Abraham would come upon you. What's Abraham's blessing? Well, in Galatians 3.29 it says that, it, that with long life he'd satisfy him and show him his salvation. I think that's 29. It'll work for now anyway. Okay, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God... Without the law is being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God by faith of Jesus Christ unto all of those. No, it says unto all, right? So this is for everybody. This is what will turn your existence into living. <laughs> you know, he, said, he said it's for everyone. He said it's, it's unto all, but it's upon those that believe. So the whole world's been forgiven, so God so loved the world. But how do I activate that faith? By believing. Believe. Verse, um, well, we can read the whole verse, but let's just jump down to verse 26. To declare at this time that he might be just and the justifier of those that believe in him. Remember what he said about Abraham in Genesis 
15, 11. He said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Just simply believing. That was before circumcision, before the law was like this was early on in his life. He believed. Mm-hmm. Is he going to tell you you're excited about that? That's good. <laughs> Verse 27, I can't brag about it then. Where's boasting? There's no way to boast. I had a conversation the other day with a guy. He was after, he really had the hate on for Joel Osteen. And I'm thinking, you know, I said to him, I said, do you know him? Do you know his family? Have you met him? Do you know who his friends are? Do you really know anything about, well, I just know that he's a money grab and blah, blah, blah. So I said, you need to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 18. Maybe we could do that while we're here. We'll come back. I'm sitting down so I could preach a long time. No, this is important. This is, this is, this is so vital. Like Pastor Paul said, this is a bedrock truth. You've got to understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ and keep hearing it until you believe it. Did I say Luke 18? Yeah, that's it. Uh, verse 1 says, a man ought always to pray and not quit, not, not cave in. That's a pretty good deal, right? But that's not what I want to look at. It must be, um, yeah. Verse 9, he spoke a parable unto them. Certain men trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. This is exactly what this guy was saying to me. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other one a publican. The Pharisee stood there. This is exactly what he was saying about Joel Easton. He stood there within himself and said, I thank you that I'm not an extortioner or an adulterer, an adulterer like Joel Osteen. It's what he was saying. I said, you need Luke 18, and I said, you need Colossians chapter 3, forgiving one another and forbearing one another, even as Christ forgave you. Christ, Think about what Christ forgave you, and then how can you hold anything against anybody in this room, or anybody for that matter? You can't do it. The only way you can hold it is pride. Your pride gets elevated because you've been offended. When you're offended, it's off and it's ended. That's, you know. Anyway, let's read this. He said within himself, I thank you that I'm not like Joel Osteen. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. But the publican or the tax collector, standing afar off, wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but smote his breast. And you talk about humility. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. And one man was not humble at all. He was so proud of his religiosity. I go to church every Sunday and every Thursday and I tithe and I blah, blah, blah. And those people don't even bother. And you've never heard that, but I've been around for 30 years. I've heard some stuff. I fast twice a week, he said, and I pay tithes of everything that I possess. Yep. But the publican standing far off smote upon his breast and said, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself will be abased, and he that humbles himself will be, exalt, will be exalted. 
stay humble because everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you got came from Him. Amen. Hallelujah. No, but no, but did you notice that it says that the the uh, the uh, Pharisee prayed within himself, <laughs> like having a good talk with yourself. He asked for nothing, and he got it. He was his own God. The tax collector asked for forgiveness and got true holiness. True holiness is, you need to know this, it's the fruit, not the root of salvation. The fruit of your salvation, not the root. The root of your salvation is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, where were we over in Romans? How about chapter 4? Hmm. Verse 3 says, verse 2 says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he had nothing to glory about, not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Verse 5. But unto him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies, he justified the ungodly. He did it. God did it. Got time for a little bit more? Okay, Romans 5. Verse 1 says, Therefore being justified, just as if I'd never sinned, just as if I'd never sinned, or the righteousness of God, you could say it that way, I have peace. See, when, when you walk in this, because it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, you got to have that righteousness to get the thing working. you got, you got to have righteousness to live by faith. He said, therefore I'm justified by faith and I have peace. And if you're not justified by faith, you'll never have peace. If you're not justified by faith, you'll never have peace. If you're not justified by faith, you'll never have peace. By whom also we have, I like verse 2, we have access by faith into this grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And not only so, we rejoice in pressure. Verse 3. Trouble doesn't make you any stronger. Faith does. So don't say the troubles are, you know, the faith that you release when you're going through these things is what causes the change. He said, not only shall we glory in tribulation. Let's have a glory party the next time you're dealing with stuff. Come on. No, because none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy. Not only shall we glory in tribulation, because tribulation works patience. Oh, we like that. Patience, experience, and experience hope, and that's L piece. That's not hope. I hope it happens. L piece is a confident assurance, and hope does not make ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost given to us. For in due time we were yet without strength, but in due time Christ we had no power, but Christ died for the ungodly. Mm. Due time, carry us. It was a due season. 
when he came and did that for you. For God commanded his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us much more. See, you need to circle much more every time you see it. If Adam's sin did one thing, much more than being justified by what? Your good looks, your good works, being justified, listen, by his blood. By his, you're not, you're not your good looks or your works, not your church attendance, none of that. By his blood. Hallelujah. I mean, that ought to make you shout. Or at, le- or, or at least you give a good whimper. <laughs> Much more being justified. By his blood we are saved from what? From the wrath. The wrath that's coming upon the earth. You're saved from it. Sounds to me like you're going in Revelation 4.1, you're going up with the church. How about verse 9? Much more. We just read it. i read it again. <laughs> no, verse 10 is where I wanted to go. For if you were enemies, when you were enemies, when you were hostile to God, he reconciled you by his death. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hmm. Hallelujah, glory to God. How about verse 15? We're looking at much more right now. Verse 15. By not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So if the offense, one died, of, if, because of Adam's sin, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift the, the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Verse 17, I mean, you gotta, you, you got to look at verse 17. One man's offense brought death by one. Much more, much more, they that receive the abundance of grace. Now think about 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. When he's talking to you about much and abundance, no, look, think about how, how small, how limited, what limits we put on the guy that, he said, I put all that up there. I can take care of whatever you need. You just need to believe me bigger. You know, like Pastor Paul says, biggie size, right? You, you know, you need to get after this bigger. I need to get after this bigger. Rip by one man's offense, death reign by one, much more. They that receive the abundance the abundance of the grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign when? In this life by one Christ Jesus. You, see, you and I are supposed to be reigning, ruling and reigning right now. That doesn't, it's kind of like when you read Psalm 90 when you claim it, but lots of times you have to walk it out. It's like healing, sometimes you have to walk it out. But the, the, the key deal is knowing who you are in Christ. That's that's the bedrock right there. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and nothing I will ever do can change that. And my actions are a result of that salvation, not the root of it. Right? Not the root. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. 
We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.